Hey there, it's Dominic Steele here. And this morning uh, I recorded a short little address at an Australian pastors conference for EFAC for the Peter Corney people down in uh, Melbourne on the uh, way forward in the current COVID-19 situation. Anyway, I thought I'd just share that presentation with you here as well in case you might be interested. Whatever your immediate situation, on the one hand, you could be in the West Australian Queensland situation or in Victoria, as we go forward, there's an important principle that we need to grasp. And for those of you in Victoria, this isn't your immediate question, but God willing, it will be in six weeks time. I think there needs to be a philosophical shift for Australian business leaders, Australian church leaders, the Australian community, and I suspect much more widely as well. Instead of leading for recovery, we now need to plan to lead for endurance. And we, we need to start using that catch cry, that expression, to set our people's expectations right. Not recovery, but endurance. When the Prime Minister spoke in May, and he gave us the sense that we'd all be at meetings of 100 by the end of July, we we're pretty much, wow, wow, that's fantastic, that's faster than we thought, that's terrific. And, and then the various state governments were kind of falling over themselves, getting giddy with excitement of announcing the easing of restrictions in late June, kind of as quickly as they could, out machoing each other. And I think a few of us at the end of June, we got caught in that rush of excitement. And six weeks later, how much has changed? Now, as I talk with other church leaders, friends who are pastors, some of quite large churches, I've realised there's two different mindsets. I was talking to one on Monday and he's at a leading church in Sydney and really they're on life support and not so much financially, but in terms of doing the ministry that they're able to do pre-COVID. And uh, some pastors still have it in their heads, a plan of trajectory back towards recovery. How can we get back to to where we were, I mean, taking on board what's been said about adaptive change and things like that. But how can we get back to physical meetings? And, and really, that's the line that we were thinking, even back in June, we were excited about recovery, excited about, I mean, and yes, we had a little niggling open question in the back of our minds about once we got people predominantly back in the building, how much effort should we put into the live streaming of services and that whole online ministry? But now, having had five Sundays back in the building and the little spot fires across New South Wales and anxiety levels. I mean, I so much want to keep meeting physically. But the other position, the endurance position, is I think wiser, wiser to plan for this. The big outbreak in Victoria has, I think, caused a rethink. I mean, the rhetoric of the government has changed. The language coming out of National Cabinet is that they have re-endorsed the suppression strategy, not the elimination strategy. They're not trying to eliminate the virus in Australia. They're trying to suppress it in Australia. Now, if it's suppression, not elimination, that means I think that we can expect localised kinds of outbreaks, the kinds we've been seeing in New South Wales the last fortnight, to continue on and off for the foreseeable future as the virus waxes and wanes in the community. And therefore, anxiety levels will go up and down and the anxiety levels and risk levels will vary in the different areas. It's not going to go away. Recovery's not in sight. Back to normal's not going to happen anytime soon, which means we as church leaders planning wisely for a level of virus in the community, an ongoing level of anxiety in, in our communities, in our church membership constituencies, as we apply that principle, 
I think will best be served by having a long-term strategy of expecting in our adult ministries, some people will want to be present physically in the building. And look, spiritually, that's far better for their own good to be present physically. But on the other hand, some will want will only be prepared to either gather in smaller home group sizes or just on their own at home. And actually, some of that caution is going to be reasonable, is going to be health related. Some people are in high risk groups. Some might be exhibiting symptoms. Some might have runny nosed kids. And whereas another year they might have pushed through in this season, people rightly are choosing to stay home and engage online. And so and actually, we should expect the percentage of our membership that will go either in the building physically or online. That's going to vary. It's going to go up and down depending on the prevalence of the virus, their own risk status, the risk status of somebody close to them, just general anxiety levels. But that endurance strategy, that's really going to be the reality for the next 18 months. We've got to make strategic and budget decisions in line with it expecting the physical and online ministries. It's going to mean creating smaller public meetings and parallel live streaming ministry. Now I'm looking around and seeing some people doing online really well, whether pre-recorded or live, and I see that some have gone back to live physical meetings. But I think the sooner that we each work out how to do the two ministries in parallel to develop the gifts, to invest in the technology, to, to, to learn as Bible teachers, to simultaneously communicate to those live in the room and those live on the broadcast, each of us are going to be better off. I don't think there's going to be a moment soon where we're back live, when streaming is over, when we can celebrate the party, when we can move on from the nightmare. The virus is going to wax and wane on and off. Anxiety levels are going to wax and wane on and off. Physical attendance levels are going to wax and wane on and off. And we're going to have to learn to do both. I mean, we know we can do both. We know we can do live service. We know we can do um, the streaming. It's just doing them both at the same time. And I'm saying so much easier, so much cheaper to do them simultaneously. I think the pre-recorded thing just takes so much longer. And I think actually the live live makes the viewer feel so much more part of it. So I think for the adult ministries, we just need to toughen up and learn to do them simultaneously. The choices, I think, are easier in the kids' ministry. The choices in the kids' and youth ministry can be binary because the schools set a lead and we churches can follow that lead. If the, if the school's alive, then the kids' ministries can be physically live. If the schools are online, then the kids' ministries can be online. And we can say to parents, actually, drop a kid off, just like you drop them off at school, pick them up at the end, but don't hang around the church gate like you don't hang around the school gate. But I don't think we have that choice of the binary in the adult ministry. And some weeks we're going to end up almost all online and some weeks we're going to end up predominantly physical. So how does this all play out in terms of the adult ministry? Well, just like we made the shift from overhead projectors to data projectors, from data projectors to LED screens, from analog sound desks to digital sound desks, we're going to have to make, from audio podcasts to streaming videos of conferences, we're going to have to make another shift. We need to plan for endurance. Now, having said that in principle, I don't like it. I don't like it theologically. Anytime a Christian can't gather physically with their brothers and sisters, I think that's a spiritual tra tragedy. 
We are the body of Christ together. It's not good for a man to be alone. We're connected to each other and to our head Christ. And you can't be the church if you aren't connected physically. And you can't be truly connected if you don't gather and if you don't physically meet. And so I don't like it. I don't like it theologically. I don't like it pragmatically in terms of its effectiveness of proclaiming Christ. There's a world going to hell. Their only hope is the clear proclamation of the Lord Jesus. The best online ministry is not as effective as an in-person ministry. We know that. So I don't like it, but I think it's necessary. I think we have to acknowledge that and then do it. It's the reality that we live in. So some bullet points for going forward. Sundays. Restart Sunday physical meetings as soon as you're able to within the health department guidelines. Don't wait for a better day. And note, not everyone's going to come on the first day. And any kind of startup you do, it's going to be raggedy. Expect that. Don't be disappointed when it isn't. And don't look at photos from the same time last year of everybody gathered happily together in church. Do plan for a parallel structure with ebbs and flows between the two. If you wait for the perfect day, it's just never going to come. So as soon as the health department guidelines allow you, just start. Now, we've been going five or six weeks on a Sunday. I'm, I'm praising God, actually, that our evening church physical attendance is pretty much back to pre-COVID levels. And, and surprisingly, actually, as we've gone back physically, our evening online audience has only dropped by a third. I can't actually work that one out. Sunday morning... Physical attendance is 50-60% of what it was. We started higher with around 66%, but as the anxiety levels have gone back up in New South Wales in the last few weeks, attendance has slipped again. And my hunch is there's 20% of our people who we won't see in the building for 18 months, perhaps more. There's another 20 to 30% who are going to ebb and flow between the online and the physical. And potentially, physically, those staying home are safer. But spiritually, I think they're worse off and they're going to be worse off the longer they stay online. We know that's true. We know people don't concentrate as well online. At best, it's a ventilator. Now, maturity in terms of Bible study groups, community groups, the churches with highly developed pastoral care structures with the highest percentages of members in Bible study community groups before COVID who are able to continue to roll out pastoral care along those pre-existing structures my observation is they seem to be weathering this best and we going forward I think we're going to need to do that in the two different parallel structures so the sense I'm getting from talking to other pastors is that for many churches um, around my area of the world bible study community groups linked to evening congregations many have restarted in real life physically Whereas the groups linked to morning congregations, it's much less clear. Perhaps 50% still online, 50% back live. For, um, for us, we went through our morning church community group role and we realised that there's some members in each group that wants to meet physically who would prefer to be online and some members who are in online groups who would prefer to be physically meeting. And actually, if this is not going to go on for three months, if it's going to go on for 18 months, we've got a plan for endurance, not recovery. We'd be wise to talk to those members who'd rather a physical group, but the rest of the group wants to meet online and vice versa. We need to have a conversation about you changing groups. But then we need to support and encourage the parallel structure of the physical meeting and the online meeting. Now, connection, in terms of connection, if your goal is recovery, and you're reopening physically, 
then you'll wind back a few of the support structures that you've been doing for the online ministries. But if your goal is endurance and you have a significant percentage still involved online, not physically, you'll want to continue to work on strategies for connecting online with new people going forward. And actually, there's a real opportunity now you're meeting physically to keep pushing ahead with the online connection ministries. I checked with our membership connection pastor and she said between March the 15th and mid-July, we'd had 194 people give us their contact details through the online COVID season. And we've seen eight of those make it physically to church and not just physically to church, but into either a weeknight group or a introducing God group. And actually, the Introducing God course that start next, starts next week for us, I think we got 15 people expected. And many of them are people who've watched during COVID and we've connected with them. They've come to physical church and are now going to go to that course. Community. Coming back together. It seems like the advice of the New South Wales Health Department here is going to be for groups of less than 10 for pubs, clubs and cafes. I think that's got implications for church that we want to encourage in the after church time, not widespread mingling, but rather going deeper with a few. So we're encouraging people to grab a coffee from the coffee person, then go and sit down, talk with a group rather than stand around and flip between large numbers of people. And on our Sunday nights after church, we've been serving takeaway, Malaysian Thai pizza. We're about to start cooking dinners again, but rather than being in big groups of 20 gathered around. We're setting up tables, putting six chairs to a table. So the ethos is to stay close with a small group. And I've actually been surprised at how quickly we've been able to change our post-church community culture. The practice seems to be working and it feels like that cafe format. And people actually are staying around the 60 minutes after evening church, the 45 minutes after morning church that we want them to, but going deeper with a few. But as we restart physical community after church, we've had to get a new parallel team created to take the lead in the online community structures. We need to think, I can't just have one structure or the other. We need to be doing both because we're planning for endurance. We've got to set up the flex so that people can ebb and flow between the structures. And actually, we made a mistake for it. Our leadership's attention was so focused on restarting physical church that we neglected the online community during those couple of weeks. And now we're having to rebuild that. And as we start to make plans for next year, we're thinking just as we want a morning focused pastor, an evening focused pastor, so we need an online focused pastor. Now I'm super worried about the spiritual battle. I know there are some who are in high risk groups. I know there are some where the anxiety issues are super real. And I know there are significant health risks. But I think for some, there is a spiritual war going on, but the presentation is physical. The devil has lied to some of our people and what an effective lie. Don't go to the place where the word of God is that will kill you. We need to pray for our people that they resist that lie of the devil, that they don't believe that lie. And, and for some of them, we need to call it, to name it, to pastor them, to shepherd them, to, to let them know if, if you go for 18 months believing that lie on that trajectory, I'm not so sure you'll be standing at the end. Let me lead us in prayer for all of us as we try to navigate this next season together. Our Father, we pray that you might help us as leaders of your people, as under shepherds to the Lord Jesus. 
Help us to lead for the long haul. Help us to lead not for recovery, but for endurance. Sustain us through this for however long it takes, whether it's 12 months, 18 months, whatever. Give us the gifts, give us the personnel, give us the budgets we need to make this work long-term to help us to shepherd your people. Give us the ability to, to think about that second campus structure, to be able to do the physical and the online, to be able to shepherd your people through parallel pastoral networks. Lord, as we feel the impact of not meeting physically, as we feel the impact of not physically being able to encourage each other all the more as we see this day approaching, help us in this. Help us to make wise church choices about whether to gather, whether to um, whether to stay home, whether to come. Protect our sheep from the devil's lies, from this temptation when it is physically safe to this this temptation to believe that it's not safe to go to the house of God. We pray that you would help us to, to, to balance those physical and spiritual issues, those physical and spiritual priorities, those physical and spiritual safety issues. Help us to do what is best. Help us to lead in the best way. Give us wisdom we've never had before to, to act in a way that would rightly and best lead your people, that as many people might trust you at the end for the maximum glory for our Lord Jesus and for yourself. And we pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.